welcome, 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 welcome into Redacted on this Tuesday. I'm Clayton Morris. I'm Natalie Morris. Thanks for coming back to show number two. We're super excited to be in the hot seat with you. Phillips in the house, uh, running things in the back. Good morning, David's good morning. In the, David's in the booth as well, running the show. Yeah. Good, good to afternoon. see you guys. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. You Hi, guys, everybody. You guys ready for a jam-packed show? How was your morning? Oh, it was good. It's uh, it's weird getting to actually have a lunch and everything before having to get in here. So I had a nice big fat steak and eggs. And <laughs> Yes. So for those of you who are new to us, we used to do this show at 9 a.m. Eastern until recently. And I am finding myself unable to like budget my time because there's more of it has ever happened to you when <laughs> oh, yeah, something's well, that... moved back and you're like, I have time for everything. And then you get right up to it and you're like, <laughs> yeah, I was I was up till almost 4 a.m. last night because just just switching my schedule a little bit will throw off my sleep that bad that I was like it was like 4 a.m. like Grim was getting up to do the thumbs and I'm like hey buddy what's going on you know like oh my <laughs> goodness <laughs> so I know it's so we're all out of whack but we're we're slowly coming together here with this new show new new format new timeline getting everything together but you're right like it's like you know when you get a raise if you ever get a raise I got one once and you're, you're you 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 end up spending the money you know like you expect your life expands to meet the amount of money right that you're exactly making. right it's <laughs> ridiculous so now but boy do we have a jam Impact show for you today on Redacted. Today we're going to be looking at um, President Biden calling for war crime, a war crime trial, a war crime tribunal uh, for President uh, President Vladimir Putin of Russia. We've got the very latest on that, and the NATO plan is rolling out just as expected. By the way, plus we got a chance to dive more into the documents that Pfizer released uh, begrudgingly on court order, and we have some follow-ups. So we're going to discuss that, as well as some of the reaction to people who work at Twitter to some of the changes that could be coming to Twitter because of Elon Musk as an as a VIP tweeter. Yeah, that's right. So without further ado, let's get to our top story this morning, uh, this afternoon, tonight, which is uh, war crimes. So this NATO uh, imperial plan is playing uh, out exactly as Russia and the United States seem to have wanted it to. Publicly, you, you tell Ukraine basically, hey, uh, this is how you won't become a member of NATO. Like you're not going to become a member of NATO, but then we're going to use you as a tool, basically, to enter a massive proxy war with Russia. And then you get to get an all-out war. Uh, that's exactly what we're getting right now. And then you turn that final screw, which is that you get then in to use the power of the Western media and your puppet government to paint a picture that the West can't ignore, right? All of the images, all of the pictures, all across Western media over the past 48 hours have been about atrocities, war crimes. And the media does your bidding. It falls right in line with you. You even have MSNBC anchors coming out calling for direct military involvement. When are you going to prosecute war criminals? And then you drop the hammer is exactly what President Biden did uh, just a short time ago, calling for a war crimes tribunal for this guy, Vladimir Putin. So here is President Biden uh, calling for a war crimes tribunal uh, just a short time ago. You may remember I got criticized for calling Putin a war criminal. Well, the truth of the matter, you saw what happened to Vuka. This warrants him, he is a war criminal. But we have to gather the information. We have to continue to provide Ukraine with the weapons they need to continue the fight. And we have to gather all the detail so this can be an actual, have a war crime trial. This guy is brutal. And what's happening in Vuka is outrageous. And everyone's seen it. 
Yeah. Well, now, actually, Russia is saying, sure, we will participate because Russia maintains that they did not do this. What we're specifically talking about is the atrocities in the town of Bucha, uh, which Ukraine says that after Russian soldiers left, they were able to come in and see all manner of atrocities. Um, now, we have to be careful because we are talking to you on YouTube and YouTube over the weekend sent an email to creators and who use AdSense saying that anyone who says that Ukrainians have enacted any type of violence, committed genocide, or deliberately attacked its own citizens will be deplatformed. What does that mean? That means that we could be punished for saying such things. So I want to be clear. We are not saying such things. We are questioning what world leaders are telling us on both sides, which I think is prudent to do. But it's interesting now because the media does not want you to do it. So just today, uh, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky went in front of the United Nations Security Council and said that he does want a tribunal like the one established at Nuremberg after World War II so that Russia will be held accountable for what he says they did to this town. Well, actually, Russia says we would absolutely participate in such trial. We have proof that we did not do this. Um, and that we would like to address the United Nations Council as well. Is so, it? Oh, sorry. So will they get the chance to speak? We don't know, right? But the rest of us should not swallow what the mainstream media is telling us and say, well, who no, of did? Course. You're supposed to swallow this. Even the Pentagon can't freaking uh, independently confirm that these atrocities happened in Bucha. And they're not the only ones. The New York Times couldn't confirm this information. And rightly so, the New York Times was, quote, unable to independently verify the assertions by the Ukraine's defense ministry and other officials. But Biden comes out and says, well, we need to gather information. OK, well, why don't you gather that information before leveling such a charge? And what's hilarious about this idea of a war tribes tribunal, a war crimes tribunal, is that we wouldn't be of we wouldn't actually even be invited to go because under the Hague, where this takes place, uh, where, I took the wrong one here. Yeah, the venue where war criminals are tried is the International Criminal Court in The Hague, which the U.S. has steadfastly refused to join out of fear of having its own officials tried and held accountable there. That's why so many of them are on Twitter and in Cable's green rooms. That's exactly oh what I was going to say. It's like they've got one finger pointing at Putin and four pointing back at ourselves. Like, right. If we, we, we don't want light brought on some of these things. And that's exactly what Russia's probably thinking. Like, hey, you're going to open this door. Let's open it. Well, we can say, OK, we don't know yet. These are recent atrocities. Uh, we don't exactly have any confirmation out of sources that we sometimes trust such as the pentagon and the new york times right uh so we can wait right but at the same time we do in fact know that these things have happened in rwanda in recent years in syria uh in yemen in afghanistan i, I can go on right i don't have enough fingers on this hand right. um so if if, in fact, there is to be a war crimes tribunal, it better be all encompassing. Well, there's a lot of questions about what's been unfolding here. And the reason we you know, we do this show, if you want just the mainstream narrative, you can absolutely turn on CNN, MSNBC. You can be swallowing all of the things that they're feeding you uh, over the past, you know, over the past three weeks. Right. That's where you turn for that information. 
but if you actually want to question what these government officials are telling you, then hopefully you, you keep it here because there's been a number of things now that have been called into question, and rightly so. We were the, Remember we did the story a few weeks ago when that maternity hospital was apparently hit by Russians, right? And there was reports from the Associated Press that 17 people were hurt, right? 17 people were hurt in this attack on a, on a maternity hospital. Turns out there's a lot of questions as to the veracity of those claims as well. And now we're getting additional details from uh, the gray zone that new witness testimony about the Mariupol, uh, Mariupol maternity hospital airstrikes follows a pattern of Ukrainian deceptions and media malpractice. And eyewitnesses are coming forward to say, uh, no, there was no airstrike here. That yes, there was fighting, but it actually there was no Russian airstrike. That that didn't happen. In fact, the woman whose picture you're looking at right now, she was used in some media because she's an Instagram influencer and she has a an online presence. People said, oh, well, she probably was used for some kind of acting job. Uh, she was not the same woman who later on went to die. And she went on to speak out and say that, actually, I did go and give birth. Um, I was moved out of the nicest hospital into the city into this other hospital. Um, the, the nicest hospital had, they said, well, the soldiers need to take it over because there are solar panels on the roof. So we actually were moved out of there. And then we started to hear some explosions. Um, I think it was the morning after she had given birth. She doesn't mention a baby in there. So I'm not, I'm not clear whether she was still pregnant at the time. Uh, and she said there was no air raid. It was some kind of shelling, right? So bombs that were not in fact flown in there, but were placed there. And she said, she doesn't know how this happened. She was asked by an Associated Press reporter and she said there was no air raid. It was some kind of shelling. We just heard it and we felt it explode like basically right in our faces. Um, and she said, my interview was not published. I went to look for it and it never was published. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, in, in addition to that, we also had the story that we covered about the theater. That's another story that, of course, has been called into question, the theater in uh, that was apparently attacked, um, and we couldn't confirm that either. So there's a lot of questions as to the veracity of some of these airstrikes and claims. Um, there's been plenty of disinformation, misinformation, and you should take all of this with a grain of salt when you hear from Ukrainian officials and then, no, and then the Pentagon can't confirm it. Independent journalists can't confirm it and actually call into question the veracity of some of these officials who are making these claims. And overnight, by the way, we learned that two of Zelensky's top, uh, top commanders um, have been uh, fired, have been let go, calling them traitors and that he's cleaning house of these traitors. Interesting, like, well, who are these traitors? We haven't heard much about that. Right, we're not supposed to hear anything that does anything other than paint Ukraine as a utopic place that must be preserved at all cost, right? Even though families have been split apart because men of fighting age were not allowed to leave. Right. Uh, so this is this is an interesting. Well, the Associated Press is saying that they have seen high resolution satellite imagery from a technology company that showed bodies appeared to be lying in the open for weeks. Right. Uh, during the time Russian forces were in that town. So that raises more questions than anything else, because then doesn't the Pentagon have access to that same technology, yet it cannot confirm? Uh, the, it, again, it, it just raises a lot of questions that we think that we should just pump the brakes a little and ask before yeah. we just start, start to condemn. But this is but it sounds like we exactly. can ask them. 
<laughs> you, right. according to and, YouTube and Google. Right. And, and so, yeah, exactly. Because if you ask these questions, like Google will send you, you know, hey, you can't do that. You can't ask these questions. You're not allowed to ask these questions. Yeah, you get um, in trouble. And, and by the way, this is playing out exactly as they hoped. Every major get here's the goal, right? Get every major media outlet on the same page to carry questionables of uh, questionable questionable atrocities. Are they are, who did these? Who committed these atrocities? Do we know exactly? We're hearing it from one guy in a we don't know. And now that we have debunked videos, we have multiple debunked videos, by the way, from journalists on the ground there. Uh, this is not to wipe clean anything that Putin has done to apologize for anything that he has done, but it's simply to question what's unfolding before our eyes, which is this NATO narrative that, that NATO must intervene. NATO has to intervene, and every media, media organization is now falling in line with this. And Aaron Mate, who's done amazing reporting on all of this, um, he is talking about how there's a new report from the Wall Street Journal as well as recently unearthed video footage of Zelensky, where he's in a top, he, he's in a meeting with his top lieutenant, and Ukrainian leadership was not only aware, well aware of the risk of a Russian invasion, but that Zelensky had an opportunity to inject a possible peace deal in the process and basically ignored it, and instead allowed Russia to be pressured by U.S. and NATO to launch this invasion. Here's Aaron Mate on the Jimmy Dore Show highlighting by the way he's one of the few real journalists doing actually great work and he wrote about this on his Substack and then details it here take a listen well for one especially the u.s the people who run the u.s are such fanatic uh russophobes russia haters that they don't want to give russia any kind of win even if it's just a completely symbolic one like ukraine not joining nato which they apparently agree with anyway and the more sinister uh, explanation, which I also uh, think is true, is that they wanted to use NATO membership to bait Russia into invading, to use Ukrainians as cannon fodder to bait Russia into a war. And by the way, this is a policy that was set out in a 2019 RAND study. This RAND study, a Pentagon-tied think tank, talks about the best ways to overextend Russia. That's the topic of the study. And the top strategy that they come up with is providing more weapons to Ukraine in order to basically compel a Russian invasion, uh, and that would be a way to bleed Russia. So that's that. That is what I believe the strategy was, and that's why they wanted to use Zelensky in Ukraine to leave the door open. Basically, leave, leave the door open to NATO publicly to leave the door open to a disastrous Russian invasion of Ukraine. And Zelensky went along with it. Well, and think about we just we talked about that the other day, where the Ukrainian armies were putting weapons and stuff on top of hospitals and schools and stuff, trying to bait Russia into hitting those targets so that they could say, hey, they attacked a hospital. Hey, they attacked a school. Right. And you had Ukrainian women coming out saying directly to the Azov battalion, why are you putting these anti-aircraft guns right here on top of our school? Right. There's an there's an open field over there. Please take them. You're setting us up for targets. And the theater, the Maripol theater that we talked about, uh, it turns out, according to according to journalists who have now confirmed uh, from the gray zone and others, that this was not, in fact, a th that this was not a, uh, a residential building, a residential theater, that it had, in fact, been taken up by U uh, Ukrainian military. Um, so a, a lot of a lot of garbage here. Well, now uh, a deputy prime minister in Poland is saying, we got some space if you'd like to put some nuclear weapons on our land because they border this conflict. And they have said, uh, this is a quote, he says, basically, it makes sense to expand nuclear sharing to NATO's eastern flank 
So if the Americans asked us to store some U.S. nuclear weapons in Poland, we would be open to that. That's like, can I park your car in my driveway while I have my in-laws visiting? Kind of, you know, put your new nuclear weapons over here. We're A-OK with that. Now, the United States does actually keep nuclear weapons in Germany, in Italy, and a few other NATO oh, yeah. countries. We got them all over the place. Right. And so they're saying, well, bring them over here because they want you know, they they say this will act as a deterrent. They don't say you should bring them here and fire them. They're saying they think that it will deter. Well, what is What's more deterrent than if there already is one as close as Germany, right? right? If you know your geography, you know that those long range missiles can travel into Russia from Germany. So you don't have to put it that much closer, the proximity, right? It's not like putting broken bottles on the top of your backyard fence. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, again, you have a number of uh, a number of signs, real troubling warning signs now that this is this is escalating beyond repair. Um, again, Zelensky saying, you know, I, I don't believe that there's any sort of a peace agreement that we can come to. He's playing right into the hands of an expansion of NATO uh, in this imperial in the, this imperial move. Um, to to take over uh, to take over Russia, and Kay- I like what Caitlin Johnson says. She, Did you really believe it's a coincidence that the mainstream Americans were made to despise Putin with a Trump Russia collusion narrative that turned out to be pure bullshit in the years preceding an unrelated U.S. proxy war against Putin? What would it mean if it wasn't a coincidence? Well, I have thought about this too because it seems like the common consciousness forgot that Zelensky was a piece of the Trump impeachment trials, right? Because it was Zelensky who was not given um, or who was dangled, I guess, um, the idea of, hey, can you dig up some dirt on Biden so that, you know, I can pass along these weapons we already promised you. Now, they did get that aid. Uh, Zelensky was not made as any kind of actor in that story, um, but it's interesting that, like, it it seems like the common consciousness doesn't even remember him as the same dude, don't you think? Right. Yeah. It's like he's a he's a new guy. Right. You know. All of a sudden, he's this hero riding up in a in a white hat, and we're not saying he's not right, but we are saying that it's dangerous to accept this. And you know, if you read any kind of books on the psychiatry and the the psychology of war. Uh, war is hell. That's why that saying exists, right? And there is a saying that all's fair in love and war, and we don't know exactly how both sides are behaving at this point. Um, but we do know that it's very convenient for many for us to behave a certain way and not ask certain questions. And we think that that's our job well, is to ask those questions. And did you guys happen to see the legislation that Lindsey Graham is putting forward with other senators that's going to give social media and the mainstream media more power to control the narrative by silencing third parties? Third party. No, what do you mean by third parties? So I mean like independent, like us. So so people that are not the mainstream, they're going to uh, basically make it harder for for independent journalism to make its way out uh, and and give the power to social media and uh, news companies, the mainstream media. And there's a bunch of senators on the bill. 
I didn't see that. I mean, it's not surprising because these same senators are also <clears throat> willing to file and imply as much more uh, military and defense spending as they possibly can. Uh, this morning, we learned that U.S. drones for uh, Ukraine are now being sent. And these U.S. drones for Ukraine will include the latest tank killers. So the Pentagon is sending these flying shotguns as part of the new $300 million Pentagon order over there. And uh, President Biden is expected to get his $813 billion new defense budget as well. But instead of this, this is what I love. Top lawmakers in both parties have indicated that they'll be receptive to further requests for money to deal with Russia's invasion of Ukraine. As a result of the crisis, most Democrats are ready to accept the $30 billion defense increase proposed by the White House, according to House Budget Committee Chair John Yarmuth. Well, that's rich. So Get we're just going to throw another $30 billion on top of this just for you. Well, now analysts are saying that when we see the Q1 reports from, say, Lockheed Martin or any other weapons makers, uh, Q1 may not be so great because this conflict kind of started at the end of Q1 and we shipped over the weapons we already had in the United States. But, uh, you know, Q1 is going to be a banger no pun intended. Um, and they said, because specifically analysts are saying, I mean, I'm sorry to laugh, but they're saying we shipped over the weapons we've got. So we need to make new ones to replace that stockpile. It's not like, oh, you know, we'll lend them to you and then you give them back and hopefully you don't need them. Oh no, we've got to just like keep piling it on. Right. Right. So, all right. I think, I think we need to change the narrative in the United States to go back to the whole, you know, like they had the war on drugs. Like, let's read, let's have the war on poverty again. Let's have the war on high medical costs. Let's have the war on educational expenses, because that seems to be the only thing our government can agree on is war. War. Yeah. So if we just call everything a war, maybe we can actually get shit done. Oh, the there you go. Crime. I like this. But we never do, though. Right. I mean, we, we and then we declare like the, the war on drugs is a failure. Right. Oh, so, it. you know, whenever you go to war. It never it never seems to work. Right. It never seems to work. Maybe if you took another approach, it might work. I mean, even for crying out loud, like you just trying to get the access to model and just like let it be like water. Yes, that that is not politics, because if you want anti-war, you're not going to be able to find it. I mean, the mainstream media censorship is strong. I mean, it's it's absolutely strong. Right. Like if you try to go to antiwar.com, which is a website, you, you can't connect like they'll just block you. They're, they, they're blocking anti-war websites. Like, this is how good it's gotten, guys. Like, make no mistake about what is unfolding right before our eyes. And if you question it, if you, if you question this, you get called out about it, and you get vilified on Twitter about it, and you get destroyed by it. Um, in fact, uh, where is it? Where are I, there's so many elements today. I want to show this picture of... Not that one. Uh, where is he? No, I think it was up. Uh, that one in the top corner? No. Oh, man. Sorry. Give us just this one second. I think that it's interesting when you think about, um, you know, these sort of, uh, they're like sanctions, right? We put, it, it, they're sanctions inside of our own country, uh, where if you say something that I don't like, where I'm deplatforming you, that it acts as a sanction on individuals. Yeah. Here's what Michael Tracy says. Call it whataboutism. I don't care. It's impossible to take seriously this sudden newfound concern for war crimes. Coming from some of the same exact people who never gave a crap about similar or worse crimes committed in Afghanistan, Iraq, Libya, Syria, Yemen, etc. And then the people that yes. came after Michael Tracy this morning, like 
this is the kind of stuff. Watch this on your screen right now. This is what people are saying against Michael Tracy. Oh, that is what got Chrissy Teigen canceled. So you shouldn't say that. So, yeah, because here's a guy who literally is like anti-war, anti-nuclear war, anti-imperialism. But you know what? You should just go and do that to yourself, off yourself, because... Well, I mean, well, it was like a decade ago that Assad was actually using chemical weapons on his own uh, citizens in Syria. Uh, that, was, that was actually debunked big time. No, really? Yeah, the, the big time. That yeah, Assad yeah, used chemical time. weapons? Yeah, I've never seen time. that debunked. Yeah, yeah, I can. But see anyway, it. like if, even when that was the narrative, we basically like sent the equivalent of a strongly worded letter. You know, like we <laughs> there was no, there, we didn't really do anything. Right. Yeah. You know, I I have a thought about this. What aboutism? Can you pull that tweet up? Um. So I guess the way he says this makes it feel like, okay, don't tell me you care about Ukrainians if you didn't prove that you cared about other people, right? So there's that one, there's there's this pit, bit of it, is making people feel like they're um, uh, like bandwagon jumpers for caring about Ukrainian people. And I think that that's fine if you want to just say, all of a sudden I care about these people. You don't have to quantify why you care about some people about uh, over others. Fine, right? But what the problem is, is not just that this has been happening in these countries, is that now these people from Afghanistan, Iraq, Libya, Syria, Yemen, who live in refugee camps and are waiting for World Health Organizations or, or other aid organizations to move them into safer places, get pushed back to the line for years years now right so right. you can say okay all of a sudden i do care about people who are refugees from war but those people who have already been waiting get in the back of the line behind ukrainians right and they are suffering it's awful to think about how they are living right now so we have to care about all of them and we have to care about who got who gets to cut the line here's what glenn greenwald says about whataboutism this is a classic i saved this uh from a while ago this is 2021 many americans have been trained never to question whether their own government does exactly that which they accuse adversaries of doing they've been given a term whataboutism that basically means never point out that our own tribe does what it condemns in others <laughs> I'm not following that. Like you should like that. That's a, it's a throwaway term. So we just shouldn't use it. It, no, it, 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 it stops meaningful conversation is what it's saying. It never yeah, point it's, it's like Clayton, Clayton was saying yesterday. And I think that's the thing is, is if, if you make a point and if we, if we're like, well, this person is bad. And then they say, yeah, but we do the same thing. You go, well, that's just what about ism. Then, then it's over. The, the argument's over. There's no more conversation. I think that's what the, the point they're mm -hmm. getting. Right. Is that right. It, just, it just stops discourse because then you're like, oh, well, that's just dismissible because it's whataboutism. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, mean, it's a classic psychology. It's like what makes you mad in other people is what you hate inside of yourself, you know, and you can't fix, you can't let it go if and, you don't fix it inside of yourself. You know, and here's the foreign policy magazine saying, you know, Nader, this is their like their experts point of view on a current event. NATO intervention in Ukraine won't spark World War Three. A Western aversion to casualties and fears of Russian nuclear use are impeding a NATO intervention against a vastly inferior opponent. So just go along with it. Put the nuclear weapons in Poland. Just go along with war. Just do it, guys. We're already sending all of these weapons. Just go along with it. All okay. of you Americans watching this show. Yeah, don't who are you care about the Ukrainian people? Come on. 
Well, okay, but you could also care about yourself um, a little bit more. That's sort of human nature. And remember that as recently as last fall, the Pentagon confirmed that Russia also has interballistic missiles, um, you know, pointed at North America. So, okay. Do that, that if you want, but they can play too. Yeah, Foreign Policy Magazine. Again, we showed you the the you know the mainstream media ratings over the past few weeks. They're doing great. I mean, just look at Fox, look at CNN, look at MSNBC. Their ratings are great. I mean, at a time war. when uh, public trust of mainstream media was just starting to plummet because we're so sick of their BS over the pandemic, right? right? And so now they're they're here to serve us a hot new plate. That's right. Well, we have a lot more to come up on the show. You want to tell us what else is coming up on the show? Sure. We're going to ask, we're going to talk about COVID, just uh, just like I said. So we're going to go over some new data from Pfizer that we talked about yesterday, and we're going to talk about more today. Yes, really troubling data. But first, we're going to tell you about our friends over at Manscaped, because guys, it is spring cleaning time yet. Have you done your spring cleaning? David, have you done your men's grooming spring cleaning yet? Oh, yeah. The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, <laughs> and your lawn needs mowing. I actually have both of them charged right now. I've got my Manscaped, uh, the full package. I've got the, the lawnmower and the nose hair trimmer um, charged and ready to go. Um, and th this is so great because Manscaped has the full package you need for spring cleaning this year. The Performance Package 4.0 is the only tool you need to keep your boys looking and smelling like the fresh tulips that your partner wants. There's that's <laughs> the skin safe technology. I love these guys do such a great job. You can use it in the shower too. So I will like I'll trim up the uh, I'll trim up my sideburns in the shower and stuff, you know, like just keep it right there, rinse it right off. It's waterproof. Start off your spring cleaning. Use the Manscaped lawnmower, the 4.0 trimmer to get the most precise shave on your hedges. Did we mention it's waterproof? No need to worry about watering your grass with this tool. Equipped with an LED light so you'll know it's a major asset for your new shower routine. Um, after cleaning your nose hairs, you can use that, by the way, the proprietary skin-safe technology with their ear and hair, their nose, I always have a trouble saying this, the nose, ear, and hair trimmer. Okay. Ear, ear, hair, and nose. Ear, hair, and nose. Well, you don't actually trim your nose. You, no, just you the hair. Cheer, yeah, yeah, you trim, or your ear. You yeah. shouldn't use it for that. But here's what they're doing right now for Testicular Cancer Awareness Month in April. To start of spring also marks the start of Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. Manscaped is partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society. Bring awareness. It's hard to say. If you try to say that word too fast... And Cher Marie in our chat says, oh, you guys, can women use Manscaped too? Of course you can. It's hard to say testicular fast. You know what I mean? Try to, can you try to say that fast? No. Testicular. 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 Everyone at home is trying it right now. Testicular <laughs> cancer. Uh, men's health and early cancer detection. That's what they're doing. They're trying to bring awareness to that. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men, ages 15 to 35. And giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer is part of their We Save Balls campaign. I love that. <laughs> See, you know what? They can have fun with it, but also do something really, really special. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code INVEST. We're going to have updated codes in a little while, but right now, we want you to use that code INVEST. That's our old code from our old, uh, our old show, but hey, it still works. Manscaped.com. Use the code INVEST to get 20% off and free shipping right now. 
Check out your, make sure you throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life right now. Manscaped.com and use the code invest for 20% off. Our thanks to them for supporting the show. All right. All right. Well, recently, uh, Pfizer gave us another look behind the curtain of their COVID vaccine trials that were dated between December 1st, 2020 and February 28th, 2021. So these are the first three months of administration of the Pfizer COVID vaccine. Now, we talked to you a little bit about it yesterday because some there were some quick takes, right? The documents were released on Friday, April 1st. This is the second round of hundreds of pages. Now, Pfizer is not doing this because it wants to be forthcoming and uh, breed your trust in the vaccine. Oh, no. In fact, a court ruling in Texas in February uh, was a dis- had a district judge ruling that the FDA must release information that it previously had not intended. Now, when we got the first document dump of these documents just a few months ago, uh, Pfizer had redacted the total doses administered from this document, this same document. And so we all had wondered, okay, what does that mean? Because it gave us a number of adverse re- events, people who adversely re- re- um, reacted to the vaccine at 42,086, but we weren't able to work out a percentage of people who actually had that. Um, now we are, if you divide, 42,086 by 126 million, you get 0.003, three zeros, 0.0003. So that's a very low percentage. Um, They still sort of list all of these types of things that happened, but there's uh, some other things here that just, it gives pause, right? It's interesting. So like we said yesterday, the data seemed to show that people who did not get the COVID vaccine, but then went on to get COVID, were less likely to be hospitalized and die than fully vaccinated people. So that was a bit troubling. Uh, It jives with the CDC confirmation of this same data that people who had naturally been infected with COVID fared better than people who had the vaccine. So it sort of blows apart that, oh, you know, I got COVID and I was vaccinated. I had a breakthrough case, which both Clayton and I did. Um, and there's that common refrain like, whoa, it would have been so much better had you not been vaccinated. Well, well it data- also falls. It also throws that whole uh, it's a virus of the vaccinated or the unvaccinated. You know, of like course. they kept saying. Yeah, I think that bit of it, though, has been that narrative sort of crumbled in our faces around the holidays. <laughs> don't you think? Yeah, but they still kept saying it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we didn't. We're above that. No, we didn't. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Another part that I thought was interesting was that the Pfizer documents go on to say that not all adverse cases were, quote, fully processed due to staffing shortage. Um, They said that they had to onboard 600 additional full-time employees and more would be joining by the end of June of 2021 to the tune of 1,800 additional resources. So that in and of itself was troubling. Um, There are also information about pregnant uh, reporting. Now, having not ever followed uh, a vaccine trial before, maybe Philip, you can ring in on this. Um, Let me ask you this before we move on to the pregnancy piece. Do these numbers indicate anything to you? Philip is a um, chemical scientist, but at least you know about the scientific method. Do you have any right. opinion about this? I mean, I, I I would have to specifically read it to, to hold the numbers in my head. But I mean, it, uh-huh. it, 
it depends on the scope of the trial. Like because of the, if I mean, if you figure you're bringing in an additional 1,800 people to conduct this trial, and assuming that they're all, you know, like overseeing 10 people, that's essentially 180,000 or 18,000 people that should be in this trial. How many people total were part of the trial? Right. Right. Well, they're, they're saying of, of 126 million. So the numbers are, are a bit fuzzy here, but it, it's, it's bringing up a lot more questions than I think answers. Yeah, there if, they're, were, if, if they're saying 126 million people were part of this trial, that's, that's not, <laughs> that's like half the population of the United States or a little half the population of the United right. States. There weren't that many people in the trial. No, no, no. Um, but you know, what's interesting is doctors have now gone through this data and said these red flags were flying. I mean, these were these red flags were showing up in the various yes. reporting that there should have been immediate discussion uh, about stopping this. Yes, it didn't happen. And I wanted to take a like a broader look at the sort of the mainstream media reaction to all of this, and it has been stunning, absolutely stunning. So, just do a Google search. Just do a simple Google search for Pfizer documents. And the, the, you won't see anything. No, you really don't get like this. this morning, Natalie, she was like, I'm so frustrated because I'm, 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 I'm diving deeper into this and it's being suppressed. I cannot get access to this data. Just do a Google search today. You will find that the most recent posts are from two weeks ago. And it's from fact check. Like, who's paying who here? Factcheck.org is the most recent. If you do a Google search for Pfizer documents, post two weeks ago. But there's plenty of reporting on this that actually happened that's being suppressed in the past 48 hours. Well, yes. And by the way, the top story is news posts misrepresent Pfizer COVID's vaccine safety monitoring information one month ago. But there's plenty of new information that just came out and it's all fact check based stories here. Isn't this hilarious? And then if you go to CNN.com, you want do a quick search, use a command F, right? Command F on your screen. And do a search for Pfizer, you won't find nothing, nothing. Do the same thing on the New York Times website. Nothing. No coverage of it, but it's all Zelensky all the time. Right. But these are questions we're not supposed to ask, right? Pfizer, and so if you go to Fox News, hold on. You go to Fox News, uh, four months ago is the most recent search for Pfizer. On uh, Go to AP, the same thing, Associated Press, no coverage. We're covering it. Now, these are major document releases that were just four days ago. Um, so in the newsletter, you know, I, I, mean, I want to be careful about it because a lot of people have their take about it, their derision, and I don't necessarily want that to be the source of what we're giving you. So if you subscribe to the newsletter, morninginvest.com, you would have seen that we linked you to the actual Pfizer listing, uh, the actual Pfizer website, um, because we didn't want to just give you someone else's take on it. So and here it is. It's on your screen. Okay. So if you go to page 12, can you um, do that quickly? Because I'm interested in this specifically because Pfizer has said that this was safe for pregnant women. So right there, um, pregnancy cases, these are adverse reactions. Um, of 200 mother cases. Of 274 cases. Yeah. Of Yes. And so it says here, if you look, pregnancy outcome for the 270 pregnancies, pregnancies were reported as spontaneous abortions, 23. Um, I think that's pretty significant. 23 spontaneous abortions of pregnant women after having the COVID vaccine. Yeah, you think? Like, is that just collateral okay, damage? I, I don't want to be <laughs> hyperbolic here, right? Because I don't know 
how, uh, how often this otherwise happens. Um, five, outcome pending. So I assume that the woman was still pregnant. Um, premature birth and neonatal death. Spontaneous abortion with intrauterine death, two. And then spontaneous abortion with neonatal death and normal outcome, one each. Uh, and then and no... Maybe, out- go oh, ahead. Maybe things have, like, changed. I mean, it's been it's been a good decade since I was in college. So, you know, it's like... And, and science progresses very quickly, especially the yes. uh, biomedical. But if memory serves me correctly, you can't conduct a clinical trial on pregnant women. So how how was this even... Like women, like pregnant women and children are basically like, you're not supposed to be doing scientific research on them, like, especially like medical trials. That was, but I think uh, it's voluntary. It's probably I different. Know. I don't know. I mean, even, even it's like, cause shouldn't it always like, be different if it's voluntary? Well, well I don't no, know. I'm just saying it's, it's like, we like, they're, they're not going to like, they can't go take, grab people and say, Hey, we're going to test this stuff on you. You have to volunteer for these. So I'm sure that they ask for volunteers well, I'm, I'm for about pregnant like, women. Like, like scientifically ethical, because I mean, that, right. that'd be yes. like, I can't volunteer. I can't volunteer to have, uh, you know, to go in and have elective surgery where they replace my head with a crocodile head, you know, yes. because that's, even though I'm volunteering for it, that's, that's just not an ethical practice. Maybe Lisa. things have changed and maybe I'm wrong, but. That's right. I mean, Lisa Pettit in our chat says, you know, when I talk to the, about this show with my husband, sometimes he gets annoyed. I think the thought of us being lied to scares him. Right. It, it, and you're right about that, Lisa. I understand that. And because it's it's cozier, it's nicer, it's more, hey, don't bother me with this stuff. I've got to go to work kind of. You have these major pharmaceutical companies lying to you and hiding information from you. We just don't want to hear it. We sometimes just want to put our head, bury our heads in the sand. Well, you, and by the you way, remember the how much we, backlash? The only reason we have really this quick, information, <laughs> I was going to say, the only reason we have this information is because a court ordered Pfizer to release it. Yes. The only reason we have this information is because a court told them to release this information. Ahead, yeah, because they definitely wanted this hid for what this was. Was this the 55 years, 75 yeah. years? Documents? 75. So, 75 years. Right. Yeah. And remember so, the ESPN reporter who left her job because she wanted to have another baby mm-hmm. and refused to get the COVID vaccine. Um, and she said, I can't jeopardize my risk of having another baby and getting this COVID vaccine, I, I would rather, you know, roll the dice and, and get COVID. Well, it, did she get her job back, right? Because in my opinion, and I've been pregnant many times, um, 23 abortions, spontaneous abortions is 23 too many. And I wouldn't have taken that risk on my children when That's I was like pregnant. That's like 10%, right? Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at of 27, 270 pregnancies, 23 spontaneous abortions um unless i'm missing something right uh i mean it's written here in pfizer's own black and white so uh, you know i'm interested um i'm interested well, to got, see if that we lady got a got lot of backlash yeah when clayton and uh, we talked about it this was a, like a year ago or so remember when we were talking about all the cases of you know, menstrual issues and stuff that were coming up from from people. And I, and I personally know three people that I'm that I my masseuse and a couple other people that I know personally that have had issues since getting the vaccine with their with their cycles. Right. We covered that. And that's you know, that was all just swept under the rug and was was conspiracy yeah. theory. And we got I got so many emails after we covered that story. And I think it was right right around that same time that YouTube then blocked us for sharing that information. Yeah. 
Um, it was like a YouTube, week after that. Yeah, YouTube took us down and blocked us for a week for sharing this information. And yeah, uh, I told, I was gonna say, I, I told David the day before we got blocked, uh, like just reading the people's hate in the comments from even mentioning what you know, like like the the vaccines couldn't you know may not be everything they say they are. Just yeah. mentioning it, the hate we got in the comments. I told David we're gonna get we're gonna get taken down. Yeah, and, and we sure did. Sure enough, the next day we did. And they blocked us. We still have a strike, but let me just finish yeah. my thought on that, which is we got so many emails from women and so many emails and I just so many emails from husbands. And I want to thank you if you're watching, but you send us emails saying my wife has had this issue after the vaccine and and I, we thought we were alone in this. And now and now we've been able to find forums and talk to doctors and go and find Facebook groups where other women were having the same issue and they were it was suppressed. They weren't allowed to talk about it. And it turns out it was real yeah. and it was in Pfizer. Here's what's the, the really pisses me off is that it was in Pfizer's data. It was in their documents. It was in their own reporting and they lied about it and they hid it. Well, because, you know, effects of the vaccine aside, what we were saying was that the data did not seem to show that vaccinated people were not able to catch and carry COVID. And that ended up being true. Being vaccinated does not prevent the spread of COVID, period. We know this now. Um, and that was the thing that made people so uncomfortable because they, we all were going out and rolling up our sleeves to get the vaccine because we were told that it was the responsible thing to do. Right. Well, not so, all. And I think, I think like right. part, of, part of it is just how how they handle this narrative because i mean you know before the before the vaccine hit the narrative was this will stop people from getting covid and about right. 2 weeks later they were like this will decrease the effects of covid they stopped saying the whole you know but but they don't come out and say you know now that we've had time to look at the numbers We've had to update this because they just come out. They're just like as, as if what they had said before never existed. Which well, is why I'm so curious about like this narrative about Ukraine, because there's no need to apologize for what was said before. Like, for instance, this Hunter Biden story, right? Um, none of the media outlets that discredited the Hunter Biden story have gone back to those stories and corrected them. So there are still stories posted from just before the 2020 election that say that that discredit Hunter Biden's laptop as a source of information. And the media has not had to apologize for it. Right. So outlets like us, people who were punished for saying that the vaccine does not prevent the spread. We further have not been like have the strike removed from our channel or had an apology or anything of the sort for asking those questions because there doesn't seem to be a need for correcting or apologizing in this day and age, which is why it's so interesting. Like I was wondering myself recently when Elon Musk said he was diagnosed with COVID for the second time and said he thought this was Theseus disease, right? So it's like a shifting, changing mystical thing. I was like, why is he allowed to say that? The rest of us aren't like he's right. going to get deplatformed. Well, now we know why. Right. <laughs> well, let's talk about Elon Musk, because uh, overnight, Elon Musk officially became a board member of Twitter after buying an 11 percent, uh, sorry, a 10 percent stake in Twitter. He is now the largest shareholder of that company. And it's official. I mean, it's official now that he, I mean, he has more stake the in CEO this company of Twitter tweeted it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, isn't this amazing? Like more than Jack Dorsey for crying out loud, one of the co-founders. But you should know right now today 
that liberal, the, but liberals and the woke media mob are terrified of what this might mean. Could this actually mean free speech? Not your sort of cloistered version of speech? You know, what speech will you allow? But boy, the people that work at Twitter are not happy about it. And there's, well, not everyone at Twitter feels that way, but a, quite a number of them have taken to Twitter to express their outrage. Jane Manch, who works at Twitter, I can honestly, I can't tell if Twitter employees are happy or worried about the news. Uh, Gerard, who works there, who has his pronouns listed, my current sentiment is stock is up, yay, but what about our company culture? Well, in fact, stock was up 27%. So that made it one of his most, uh, one on one of Elon Musk's most profitable trades, uh, purchase. No, not just tweets, like investments oh, 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 oh. this year alone. Because well, it didn't stop there. That tomorrow, he, by the way, this guy who works at Twitter deleted this and then it was found later. So, that, you know, that's the thing with, you know, the internet, you can find it. Um, <laughs> he, he, so he tweeted this and then he deleted it. You want it. that edit button now, don't you? Exactly. <laughs> he says, make no mistake. The new management is the beginning of the end of this place as any sort of functional or useful site. This woman cried about it. She posted a TikTok crying. She says, it's me trying to enjoy the stock price without thinking about why. This is Asha Giuliani, who's a Twitter software engineer, posted a video of a crying woman to show how upset she is over Musk becoming the largest stakeholder in the company. Uh, people are really pissed about it. But you know what's also interesting is everyone's like, well, wait a second. When I say something mean to Elon Musk, when I tweet at Elon Musk and I tell him what a effing fool he is for whatever reason, then he blocks me. Where's his free speech? Where, where does where's he, where's he supporting free speech, right? So, oh, well, Elon Musk blocks me. Well, <laughs> that doesn't that mean anything because as Paul Joseph Watson says, free speech doesn't mean that he has an obligation to listen to you or anyone else. <laughs> right. right, free speech actually means that you can ignore people. Right. You can let them say it and decide not to listen to it or engage with it. That's the beauty of it, right? Um, it's just so rich because um, it sort of ends their free reign at deplatforming things that they don't like to hear. Right. Well, Such and, as uh, many of the things we just talked about in the previous segment. And from what I understand, the reason that they brought him on the board so willingly is because they didn't want him to buy at all. Like they, they limited him, limited him to 14.9% if he wanted to go further for, for a, a, a spot on the board is what I heard. Huh. They are also calling him a transphobe. Some people are saying, oh, I'm, I'm yeah, so sad. Yeah, I don't even know where now. that's coming from. Uh, he posted a tweet once a few years ago, I think in 2018, when he, it was like a, a hand emoji, like smacking his face or something. Or so, uh, I don't remember the graphic exactly, but saying, oh, when people post their pronouns, he, him, her, she, you know, like as if whatever about that, you know. Um, and then here's like creme de la Cassie says, I'm honestly kind of terrified. A prominent transphobe buying a large stake in Twitter is not at all funny. Hmm. A lot of people wondering, though, this morning as to like what Twitter accounts will be reinstated. Will President Trump's Twitter account be reinstated? In fact, Alex he did, Jones, Alex Jones, others, uh, even accounts that were shut down, uh, parody accounts or like onion version of accounts the Babylon were, Bee. 
the Babylon Bee. So, in fact, this is interesting. Seth Dillon, who is the CEO of the Babylon Bee, said Musk reached out to us before he polled his followers about Twitter's commitment to free speech. He wanted to confirm that we had, in fact, been suspended from Twitter. He even mused on that call that he might need to buy Twitter. Now he's the largest shareholder and has a seat on the board. <laughs> so he reached out to the Babylon Bee to confirm that that was, in fact, the case. Yes. Amazing. I mean, his baby mama is, they're not married, but they just had a second child, um, is a LGBTQ plus um, advocate. And like you can, and, and he has the right to say that it annoys him that people list their pronouns in their, and that is what free speech is, right? You don't have to like everything that goes on Twitter. Right. That means if, if you think that Twitter should only be a place where you feel good and hear things that play into your conviction bias, then Twitter's not safe because you're there. Right. Then you're the right. thing that makes Twitter unsafe. Yeah, what if I, mean, I post, I, you know, I put up a picture of Grover and someone's like, I think your dog's ugly. You yeah. Know? Okay, well, uh, well, should I ban you off of the platform? No, you, you have an opinion and I don't have to like it. But it's the same thing if I'm in a parking lot and someone says something to me about my shirt, right? Yeah. I can just, I don't have to like that either. Right. I just walk and away. I also think that I'm as much. call up Kroger and tell them to ban you from the Kroger parking lot. Right. <laughs> because you call, you know, like this person's out there com uh, making fun of people's T-shirts. I think you should literally get him off the parking lot. Is that the same as making fun of someone's need to list their pronouns? But though? does it matter? Then you start categorizing everything. You start making it yeah. on a, you start grading everything. Like what's more appropriate, inappropriate, making fun of someone's dog or t-shirt or commenting about someone's gender and having an opinion. Right. About okay. It. What if I want right. to start listing my, not my pronouns, but my, my adjectives or my, you know. But I mean, it's yeah. like, it's like, I look at it, it's, it's kind of like a, you know, get off my lawn annoyance because like, you know, it's like, I hate, I hate TikTok. I don't like anything on TikTok. Like my daughter will show me TikToks. I don't get it. I don't understand what's going on. It's just not my generation. It annoys yeah. me to see a TikTok. I do not. That does not mean that if there are trans people on TikTok that I hate trans people. It just means it annoys me. I don't like TikTok. Go By transitive property. Yeah. It might be that. I know. And so it's just like, I just, I just look at it. It's like, it's not my, it's not my thing. I don't need it. I don't want it. You know, go have fun with your TikToks. I'm going to sit here with my Reddit. I guess that's just me. Right. It absolutely can annoy you. Like, for instance, I, I get annoyed by people's sort of um, like inspirational quotes under their email signature because oh, I'm like, yeah. whatever, you know, like <laughs> that. Does that make me an anti positive Quot person, positive thinking person? You're or? an anti quotist. Anti. You're an anti quota. I'm an anti blurbologist. Yeah, I, I think it makes I think it makes you a right wing uh, uh, activist. You're you're conservative. Yeah, right. You're an, so right. I think it's like when people put Jesus fish on their their the end like their trunk. Like, yeah. Oh, that's I clearly that's a good person. Like clearly Jesus fish. Oh, the yes. My friend who yeah. is Christian, he uh, he 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 hated that. He hated that when when people would take their businesses. Like they've got like a construction business and yeah. they put a Jesus fish as part of the, like they're like virtue signaling. They're like, I'm a better business than the mm. other construction business because I've got a Jesus fish. Hey, I, wor I worked with a guy that was one of those people in Florida and actually witnessed this guy steal like money from people and was one <laughs> of the most corrupt people I've ever met in my life, but was like the most verbal Christian. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I, for one, am sort of looking forward to these people who have enjoyed their free reign to deplatform conversation, right? Because the free speech does not mean all types of speech. You can't just incite people to violence. You can't, you know, there are a lot of things that are not protected speech, but I am looking forward to having a real debate about what what is free speech and what free speech is not. And we have not been able to do that on Twitter. Um, and so well, and, let's have at it. And Elon Musk asked this question, do you want an edit button? And I love how he said yes or no, spelled incorrectly, of course. Um, do you want an edit button? And I want to, I still want to know who those 26% are. It's because it's people who like to pile on to other people for something they said, and they don't want them to have the ability to change it. Yeah, That basically so means 26.5% hate Elon of people on Twitter. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. I, I read some of the conversation in this tweet uh, and some people said, well, what if someone said something and we're all outraged and then they go and change it? I was like, well, can they change it? You can't change your mind. You have to be held accountable for something. If you say something we don't like, we must burn you alive. Right. Yeah, but what's and the difference? The you can of, delete it. Right. The beauty of Twitter is that, yes, you can delete it if you want to. And then there's always going to be journalists who, if you say something that like re, like this person who tweeted uh, about uh, what they thought about Elon taking this guy worked at Twitter. Make no mistake. The new management is the beginning of the end of this place is any sort of functional or useful state. And then he deletes it. But it's out there, and a journalist was able to capture it, and we're, we now are able to see in all its glory. So, and hey, what the Wayback Machine, the Wayback yeah. Machine trolls tread it all day long, or, or yeah. so that so the Wayback Machine has all you can't you can't get rid of a tweet. Well, and one thing they could yeah. do is like they could say this tweet's been edited. Click here to see the edits. <laughs> that true, true, yeah, sort of like Wikipedia, which is you know yes. how we feel about that. This is what um, you originally said. This is what I mean now. Yeah. Well, let us know what your thoughts are on Elon Musk uh, taking over Twitter. I, I'm excited about it. I think this is a, an exciting time. I, again, I think this is it's a Trojan horse move that uh, I didn't see coming at all. I just I like seeing the woke people's heads explode. That's why I like it. I do, too. I do. <laughs> yeah. All right, we've got more news your to get to. Your powers to turn people off and not have a serious conversation are right. over. We're going to right. uh, talk about these new UFO documents that were just released by the government. Wait till you hear what's inside of them. Finally, after four years of asking for these documents, the Pentagon releases information about what the what humans and, and interactions with alien craft and what it's done to their bodies and brain tissue, and it's all in there. We're going to get to that in a moment, but first... First, we want to tell you about our show sponsor over at Babbel. Now, for most of us, learning a second language in high school or college wasn't exactly a high point in our academic careers. Um, that's for those of you who don't love learning and studying grammar, which why? Why don't people love that? It's so perplexing to me. Well, you can make it fun without the uh, joys of a grammar textbook. Thanks to Babbel, the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscribers uh, subscriptions. There's an addictively fun and easy way to learn a new language. Whether you'll be traveling abroad or connecting in a deeper way with family or you just have some free time, Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons that you can actually learn in the real world. Uh, I have been using it to sort of gamify my efforts to learn Italian, um, just to pick up some... Um, 
like, you know, vocabulary and to sort of understand how it's different than other romance language that I know, but I don't want to sit there and just conjugate verbs. I like the idea of like bringing up conversational 15 minute lessons. It's a perfect way to learn a language on the go. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Uh, you have 14 different languages you can choose from, including not just Italian, but Spanish, French, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation so you don't give yourself away as a beginner when you go to learn the language. Right now, save up to 60% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash invest. That's babbel.com slash invest for up to 60% off of your subscription. That is Babbel, learning language for life. All right, all right, all right. So moving along here on the rundown. We want to tell you about this new definition of forever chemicals that the Environmental Protection Agency has been working on. Uh, this is interesting, right? Because in recent years, the EPA has been called out for not being or for being too lax about chemicals that are harmful in everyday consumer products. Well, now the Office of Pollution Prevention and Toxics, Toxins is proposing what they're calling a working definition of forever chemicals that would exclude chemicals in pharmaceuticals and pesticides, as well as refrigerants and other forever chemical type gases. Now, why would they do this and why do they care? Well, these chemicals certainly are toxic to humans, but the changes would benefit the chemical manufacturers because they would not restrict their use or disposal. So what the EPA said last year is that it would look into forever chemicals, including the ones that have been grandfathered into use, and start to put restrictions on the amounts that they are used in consumer products as well as how they are disposed. But if they remove these pharmaceuticals and pesticides, well, those are two major industries, major industries that use forever chemicals that would be excluded from these types of regulations. Now, forever chemicals have been shown in the body to act as they mimic your natural hormones, right? They're called endocrine disruptors because your natural endocrine system can recognize that like, oh, there's too much estrogen, there's too much of this other hormone or this other hormone, and your body goes out of sync trying to adapt to it because it recognizes these as, again, it's, it's, a, it, it, it acts as a hormone. It's a, what's the word I just used? Endocrine disruptor. It's, it's a hormone. It's, it's like a synthetic version of this hormone. And it's been... It's been led to, it's been linked to all manner of health problems, uh, neuro, neurological problems, birth defects. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not able to say. Many <laughs> of these, many of these are, are what they call bioaccumulates, which mean like they never break down in nature. Yes. So, so you yes. get like, like, I mean, Rachel, Rachel Carson was well, like the early sixties when she wrote silent spring, like the, the, where DMT, uh, or no, uh, DDT, DDT, sorry, DMT, <laughs> DDT. Yeah. Like you'd spray it on insects, bird would eat those insects. The chemical never breaks down. Now it's in the bird. Something eats yes. the bird. And, and so it just like keeps building and building and building. 
Yes. Right. So like the, we've known about this for a little while. It's yeah, amazing. It's in drinking the, water. Yeah. It's in, you know, it's in, it's in these forever chemicals are in you widespread. In Just US recently they water. were found in fast food from the wrappings, right? Because the wrappings are made with plastic. Pretty much anything that's made with a single use plastic, you guys, has a forever chemical. Um, it's been found recently in human blood. It was found in infant poop of babies that were just born, meaning it already was in the uterus, in the fetus, right? Um, you're right. These things just, they don't break down in the human body and they send our endocrine system out of whack. And your body will always be working to try and figure out what the heck is going on because of these chemicals. Um, it's, it's terrifying and it's awful that a federal agency would say, well, we know that it's causing all kinds of harm to our citizens, but big business needs this. So we're not going to regulate. And by the way, there's been plenty of studies like Harvard specifically talks about more stringent regulation of forever chemicals. Um, and I mean, again, there was this discussion about the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency planning to establish a national drinking water standard because of these forever chemicals by March 23. So what happened there? Like what's going to happen to that plan? And by the way, the European Union is, as they say, way ahead of the U.S. on regulating PFAS. Um, in September of 2020, the European Food Safety Authority set a new safety threshold for the four most common ones. Um, and, more, it's, and it's more than 30 times higher than the European limit. So they're already setting this, and it pertains uh, to drinking water. That just goes to show you how far behind the United States is in dealing with these forever chemicals. So how does the United States handle it? We don't. We don't. We ignore it. And then we relabel it because you know what? This is bad for the companies that are polluting your waterways and your drinking water. And we, we, we're sorry, Dow Chemicals. We're sorry, DuPont. We're going to change the name so it's less nefarious. You yeah. Know? Well, it's, it's interesting. The people that are so like who makes these chemicals, the chemical manufacturers and pharmaceutical companies, who are mm -hmm. they mostly exempting? chemical manufacturers and pharmaceutical companies. Right. So then who exactly is being regulated? You know, like, like somebody's yes. lemonade stand, like, <laughs> you know, like right. the, yeah. you've got the, the people that are actually doing it are, are exempt from it. Then who exactly is it? Is it? The, it it's toothless. Yeah. There's no, yeah. There, if, if it doesn't, if, I mean, this is what Congress does all the time. They put something out, they try to, they make they put out a press release, how they're going to tackle this. And then it gets watered down and whittled down because these lobbying groups come to Washington and they tell them you can't touch us. Right. We're gonna we're gonna withhold our uh, political donations to your campaign. They can't actually provide a product that would, you know, be safe for you. Instead, they have to bully the government to make sure that they continue to provide a product that is unsafe for you. And that then puts you know this kind of. It puts the onus on us to figure out what is safe for our families and what is not. Um, and we all have to become biochemists in our own house uh, when it's things that you may not necessarily understand. I mean, I went on a rampage when I had my first child and removed plastics from the house because I was worried about bisphenol. Um, and then, you know, the marketing scheme is that, well, don't use BPA. But when a plastic company removes BPA, they replace it with BPS which is just as bad, if not worse, like a different type of bisphenol, right? Um, in fact, we're living here in Europe, we can't buy those ball jars that, you you know, the canning enthusiasts like to use, people who can their own food, because those jars are lined with bisphenol. Instead, we have to use wet jars, which do not have that, right? So it's just not allowed in certain things in Europe. But it's, again, it's on me. I was having a, a 
conversation with the dentist yesterday when I took the kids about triclosan or triclosan. I'm not exactly sure how uh -huh. you say that and how that also acts as an endocrine disruptor. And I want to make sure that whatever toothpaste she's recommending for my kids does not have this. Like, why do I have to go through these chemicals because the government allows it? Right. right. Well, and it should not be on me. Yeah, like sodium benzoate. Sodium benzoate is a preservative that's in, in so many products in the United States, like Coca-Cola and all that stuff. And mixed with vitamin uh, C and A, it's a carcinogen. And it's illegal in Europe. Like they cannot put it in anything. But yet yeah. they can just put it in here like they can put the, the high fructose corn syrup. Like we just don't have the same regulations. You can't even use that stuff. You have to use real sugar in the UK. A lot yeah. of people in our chat are pointing out Teflon. And Teflon is in 99% of all humans have it in their blood, causes te testicular cancer. Uh, and is, you know, you can find other waterproof clothing, non-stick non cookware, firefighting foams, yeah. cosmetics, food packaging, cleaning supplies, electronics. We have some form of forever chemicals in our body. And it's, you know, it's, it's related to fertility problems, decreased birth weight, all of that. Well, this is, yeah. the, this is the problem you get when you have government government oversight over scientific information because like the you've got all these scientists out there going look how bad this is like look at all of this stuff and then it goes to someplace like the epa which is a political entity you yeah. know and so like the the epa is like at the behest of the president i mean it's i don't even think they answered to congress isn't the, isn't the epa a uh i believe that's just a presidential i think like, it's i think it's just an executive branch you're yeah. right i don't it's i don't think it's there's any oversight with congress yeah and, and so so a, but yeah they so at the at the whim of the president they can just withhold whatever they want yeah, right. well, that's like Rick Perry said. He wanted to get rid of the uh, EPA, the uh, uh, the the Department of Education, the, and, the, and the third one. There's a third one. There's I can't. Third one. I can't think of it right now. You want to get rid of the Environmental Protection Agency? Exactly. Let's do that. Well, they're not doing that much, so can we yeah. just get Let's one that does? Get get rid of the food pyramid too. It, it'd by probably the way. be better to have like because I'm telling you, when I went, I flew one time on a on a private plane, and going through private security, it was like they're so much more thorough. Like they're so it's just. It's just a better experience. And and you have these government organizations that the price goes up, the quality goes down, and nothing good ever comes of it. Where if they had private companies that had, like, they did these things because they cared about the environment, that would be different. Like an organization yeah. of some kind. Hmm. Yeah. Lee Curtis says, I grew up with two smoking parents, lead paint, asbestos, DDT, and whatever. Wow, Lee. <laughs> And Lee, yeah, when, when when Lee walks through a metal detector, beep 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 beep. beep. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, I remember I asked yeah, about they... ball jars, and she said, "Oh, I didn't know this about ball jars." She's assuming it's just the lid. It it absolutely is in the lid lining, um, and it's trace amounts. But you know, when you sanitize those, you have to sanitize them really hot, and they do leach, and like you go through all this all this pain, and you know, to grow your own food and then cook your own products pro and put it in. Um, and that's what happens is then it's tainted with bisphenol. Yeah. I remember as a, as a kid, like they would go through our neighborhood, like during the, I think it's like spring and summer, they'd like, we'd have to go inside for an hour while they rolled these tanker trucks down the street, just spraying insecticide to kill mosquitoes. Oh, yeah, but Philip, when we were kids, we actually ran behind those trucks in the Well, I know. I remember, I remember that. <laughs> but like, cause we were supposed to go inside for an hour, but we'd be, we'd be like, you know, I'm not going to go inside for an hour. It's summertime. So. We'd be out and you know, chasing those trucks, and they're just driving down the road, spraying insecticide, literally like indiscriminately. Oh, that gives me anxiety to think about my kids <laughs> doing that. Oh my god! All right, we got another story here to get to. Yes, you ready we do. for this? All right. I guess I am. Well, after four long years, guys, four long years and a whole lot of fighting, the United States government has finally, finally released 
1,500 pages of documents that show unbelievable interactions um, with UFOs. Yes, off-world vehicles and other identified, unidentified aerial phenomenon. These documents are absolutely stunning that they're now being released by the federal government. And they reveal a number of interesting cases of Americans coming face-to-face with UFOs, bodily reactions to these UFOs. Um, in fact, uh, in f- nosebleeding, fever, hair loss, headaches, nightmares, burnt skin, heart palpitations are just a number of the things that are associated with this that they experienced afterwards. The report called, uh, which titled The Anomalous Acute and Subacute Field Effects on Human and Biological Tissues, investigated the injuries to human observers by anomalous advanced aerospace systems. And the report, which was prepared by the DIA, and here's a look at it, the Defense Intelligence Agency, warns that such objects may be a threat to United States interests. I always love that they have to work that in there, right? Because that's how we can get more money as Marco Rubio, of course, this is why Marco Rubio is so excited about this and scared. Because if this is, they're over our nuclear the next boogeyman. We've got to make sure that we're going to give more money to the Space Force. You know, it's not enough that we're already funneling $813 billion to defense contractors. Now, can you protect us against uh, advanced anomalous vehicles? And the answer is no, you can't, by the way. I mean, if there are aliens coming to invade, which I guess we're not supposed to use that word. Otherworldly beings is what we're supposed to call them now. Um, Does it matter what the United States interests are? Isn't at that point just humanism? Right. I mean, that's what Ronald Reagan said in front of the United Nations during Ronald Reagan's speech in the 1980s during in front of the United Nations. He said, can you imagine? And he already knew because he had already had a sighting when he was uh, governor of California um, and had information when he was president of the United States on UFO research and UFO craft. Right. Plus, he gets the briefing from the Ministry of Magic. That's right. When he becomes president. Don't diminish this. Don't diminish this. This is what I, and I will say this, I can't stand when local news stations, they put this story and they do it and then they play X-Files music and they're like, (laughs) we've got an (laughs) otherworldly story for you tonight. And it's like, this is the biggest freaking story in the world. I mean, the United States government has not only admitted a few years ago in their, in their Pentagon report that yes, in fact, we have confirmation of these UFOs. We know that when they confirmed that these Pentagon, um, that these aircraft were captured, uh, these videos of these aircraft are authentic, if I can pull it up here, that these UFOs were authentic and captured by off the USS Nimitz and did confirm, in fact, that these are actual craft. Yes. The Tic Tac shaped craft. Um, Like the fact that we are saying 100% that these are real that we've been back engineering UFOs. Yes. At Area 51 and other areas. To uh, the detriment of the people who get near them. Maybe or maybe not. Bob Lazar, who worked on these for many, many years. For, well, he didn't work on it for many years. He worked on them for a period of time. Um, was inside of these craft. Talked about the. there's not any knobs. There's no buttons. There's there's nothing. That the if If we were really worried about these guys, there's nothing we could do about them. I mean, there is nothing that we could do with our puny technology, and yet we will try to get as much money as we can to float at this problem. And make no mistake about it, this is exactly why Marco Rubio has pushed for this. Yes. We've got to make sure that Boeing and Raytheon can protect our nuclear facilities. They well, can't. you got to think how much more advanced they are than us because we don't even have, like, our, our 
ships that go to the moon are so antiquated they don't fly around space willy-nilly just onto other planets and just like hover around like that like that's they're far more advanced yeah they're not using they're not using fossil fuels to well, launch we don't anywhere know that they are flying willy-nilly they may have a plan it like well no i'm just, I'm just saying right we now. we don't have anything that can fly that speed like and control no. you know what i mean like in any other atmosphere we don't have the kind of control that they appear to have no, not at all. That's in all fact, nice. moving at this, moving at the speeds with which these craft move, as as uh, Dennis Faber and other uh, uh, other pilots have talked about, who were here and witnessing what was happening off the USS Nimitz, that our the human body would be ripped apart if it maneuvered this way. Nevertheless, well, these when you documents put it that way, are, I was otherwise thinking that the next time I saw one, I would hitchhike out of here after the rest <laughs> of the show that we done. Well, I think you'd be protected inside of the craft okay. because of their uh, because of the anti-gravity and uh, the, the propulsion systems. But I think these reports are amazing. I mean, repa- prepared for the DIA, these reports prepared for the DIA and warned that such objects may be a threat to the United States they say humans have been found to have been injured from exposures by these anomalous vehicles, especially airborne and when in close proximity. At least 40 different cases documented by the Pentagon. I mean, think about this for a second. That these injuries are related to electromagnetic radiation and links them to energy-related propulsion systems from off-world vehicles from UFOs. I mean, is there a bigger... Can you name a bigger story? Um, No. Because Try. the Try Will Smith it. slap was last week. Uh-huh. So that, that one. Was, no, but that was the slap that was heard around the world, not the universe. Oh, right, 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 right. So no. Yeah, I, I was speaking to a Fox News uh, anchor one time, a woman, and she and uh, she said, I just can't believe it. That, and I said, you, you, you mean to tell me that you think we're alone in the universe? Like this is it? Like this is the height mm-hmm. of sophistication? <laughs> no, I don't think that. And she said, well, no, I know, but I just, I've got my life and I, I don't want to think about these things that are, you know. Okay. Okay. I, you know. Okay. Okay. Um, I am a big believer in Michael Newton's journey of souls and how there are many levels of existence and that you can exist. And there are many different sort of places of existence throughout the universe. And I'm here to say that this is my last incarnation on earth. I don't want to come back here. So, but I've always sort of felt like, yeah, fine. Lots of, lots of levels of existence. I'm fine with all of that. And I'm also fine to interact with all levels of existence too. I'm not afraid. Well, even like with a like keyboard. Da, 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 da. I, uh, I am more apt to believe in, in this for sure than, and even like, you know, something like a Bigfoot than I am, uh, a creator. You know what I mean? Okay. Sure. I think the idea behind, especially if you read Journey of Souls, which was one of the most eye-opening books I've ever written, read, um, is about there are different, like there is a source energy, right? Which you could call it God, source, spirit, whatever. And, you know, many religions do have a name for it. And that, it, you know, we all are sort of an offshoot of source energy. If you think of it like a sun or a ball of energy. And so you don't have to be a human to be created in in this sort of creator. Um, and it's not necessarily anthropomorphized, although it can be in your mind. And that, sure, there can be, we can be an offshoot of source energy as a human or a dog or a blade of grass or a or an alien from a different planet or an otherworldly being, right? That is, but we are all sort of moving back towards source energy on our journey of souls, right? Which is why you shouldn't, 
step on bees, you guys, or ants. MG3, like MG3 in our chat says, Clayton, how do we fix this? How do we normalize talking about UFOs and UAPs, etc.? Um, you know, and I think you're starting to see it now. I think with the release of the, of the documents, uh, the release of the videos and the confirmation from the Pentagon and the Air Force that, in fact, these are real. Um, that Dennis Faber and others pilots watch these craft do unbelievable things. The Chinese, the Russians don't have this technology. The fact that Bob Lazar has come forward and talked about working on the reverse engineering of these alien craft, nine of them at Area 51. I think the, the, the discussion of it is, is coming out. The, U, the government is releasing more and more information about it, trying to normalize it, because I think they realize now, hey, with all of the cell phone technology and video technology and, and everything that we have, FLIR cameras and satellite technology, that it's going, to, it's, it's going to show up in larger ways and we're going to need an explanation. So with the government coming out and confirming it, with members of the Congress coming out and confirming it, high-level ranking members of the military coming out and confirming it, that in fact this is a normalization that you're watching unfold. Heck, the Catholic Church is trying to get out in front of this, right? Because it would completely undermine religion. How long before we get... That means everybody's get, um, uncle is no longer considered crazy. Right, exactly. I mean, the Catholic Church... Well, soon we'll be canceled bishops, on Twitter for saying this. Bishops coming yeah. out saying, like, pointing out that we are not alone in the universe, even though that's the foundation of all... Isn't that the foundation of all Christianity? Isn't that the foundation of the church? That, no, 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 we are. This is it right here, right? This is... So the idea that there would be creatures off planet that have nothing to do with our religious entities. It, de it, it depends on the sect of the religion you're talking about. Many religions, yes, do preclude um, otherworldly. Catholicism did until yes. they didn't. So again, they can revise things and they're starting to get out in front of this because what happens to, you know, Catholicism, I think is the largest business in the world. Is it not? And in fact, I once had a, a, a meeting with um, the elders in my church where they were trying to like, you know, address my questions of faith. And I was like, okay, I get the Bible and the timeline, but where are the dinosaurs in all of this? Cause they existed. Right. And they were like, no, you're not supposed to ask that question. They're like, no, no, no. Dinosaurs. <laughs> no, they're not. They're we don't not know. Exist. My, my favorite there. explanation. My favorite explanation for that was, uh, so like there's, there's the young earth, young earth theory. I'm sure you guys are familiar with that, that the earth is about 6,000 years old, but right. we know that the nearest stars to us, like so most of the stars in the sky, if they were all created at the same exact time, we would see nothing in the sky because the light wouldn't have reached us yet. So the argument is like dinosaur bones in the ground. The fact that light is already here was, was created that way with the earth to test our faith. I don't follow That's, that, but okay. So, so like dinosaurs never existed in the 6,000 year earth, but there, there are some people that believe that like that when the earth was created, God just put the dinosaur bones in the earth, even though they never existed. So that it, oh. we would find them and question and test our faith. Like I've if seen, that, I've, like this could happen to us too, kind of thing. I, more of, more of, I, it's, it's, it's a weak argument, so I can't really justify it. I just know the, the argument that it was told, but it's interesting. My, my daughter is actually. Her interest uh, in study is uh, exobiology, and so this like this kind of thing just falls like right in line with what she she studied. Like she absolutely believes that there is life out there. Uh, she's more interested in the viral aspect of it, but that's I mean that's what she's into is exobiology. Love it. Yeah, yeah. and you know, like what Pope Francis did, right? Um, he, he said, you know, if an expedition of Martians arrives and some of them come up to us and one of them says, "Me, I want to be baptized," what would happen? The Pope said during a morning mass in 2014. Simple, for the Pope of the peripheries, no matter how distant they may be, the Church does not turn others away. Um, so, okay. Hmm. So the truth okay. is, 
you know, they are a business, right? Truth is that religions, being in the business of understanding the place of human beings in the world, are naturally drawn to the wonder at the immensity of the sky. For Catholics, though, the question of whether other worlds, uh, are, other worlds had a pretty early onset. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of history here about this, um, but the church has, in the past few years, I've spoken to a priest about this, Father John, um, uh, on Fox about this. He said, you know, that yes, there is discussion because. Again, at the bishop level, the archbishops, I think, um, in the Vatican, because he lived in the Vatican and worked in the Vatican, and told me this, that there's a discussion about this. And obviously they want to be out in front of this mm-hmm. because it would it could absolutely undermine religions. Um, it could absolutely upend a certain... Well, it, it would undermine the new world order or right. the old world order or any world order, right? right? Well, and potentially because so. they're the richest city. The Vatican City is the richest city in the world, so they can't lose those riches. Yeah. Right. Well, and there's many people, there's, there's, there's plenty of people who know what, you know, that have come forward and talked about the things that are held in the Vatican vaults and so forth. And we can get into all of that interesting stuff, but, uh, that is to say, I think there is a normalization taking place and it's worth talking about. Um, and it doesn't have to undermine a person's faith, but to think that we are the center of the universe. Right. Yeah. I, I think that 